Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, we have my big homie Jackson White, co-founder and editor-in-chief at Politiscope, TYT Rebel HQ creator. And Justine Murray, who will be my debate guest for the bullpen, Miss Northern Lights and Turning Point USA ambassador. Should be interesting. Top story of the day, there's a woman, she's a booster mom for a local high school in Tennessee. And she raped nine students according to the allegation. Let's put up a mugshot. This Tennessee mom, according to the report, swapped vape pens for sex with teenage boys. This woman is 38 years of age, has been charged with rape for sleeping with nine children aged 14 to 17 at her child's school, all right? This story is deep, her name is Melissa Blair. A high school booster club mom from Tennessee faces nearly two dozen rape charges. After she allegedly exchanged vape pens for sexual favors with nine underage high school boys as young as 14 and officials say there could be more victims. Here's the reality when it comes to cases like this, typically there are more victims. Now I do these stories as a reminder, monsters come in all shapes, all forms, all sizes, all right? This story has an interesting background. Melissa Blair, 38 years of age out of Inglewood was indicted Tuesday by the McMinn County Grand Jury on 18 counts of aggravated statutory rape, four counts of human trafficking by patronizing prostitution and one count of solicitation of a minor according to the county sheriff's office. The sheriff, his name is Joe Guy. Joe Guy held a press conference Tuesday that the alleged encounters happened from spring of 2020 through late 2021. Now I wanna remind you, this is their limited scope in the investigation. With students of McMinn Central High School, Blair, who was the parent of a student at the county high school, was involved in school booster clubs, was believed to be talking to students on social media. Authorities said the sheriffs allege she provided the boys with gifts, including vape pens in exchange for sexual favors. Now remember, we've covered these stories extensively. And what is the commonality? What is the common theme? Every single one of these predators, they seek opportunity to be a predator. They seek out positions of public trust, positions where they can have organic connection to children in order to pull off their evil deeds. She has since been banned from the school property, obviously, and from school activities. On December 15th, detectives went to Blair's residence and spoke to her directly, which was quickly followed by the execution of a search warrant. The search warrant revealed additional evidence. Now remember, they were tipped off by the Department of Family Services in that state. They go speak to her directly and then there's the execution of a warrant. And our investigation grew large as more parents and victims contacted us, said the sheriff. We were finally able to present the case to the grand jury on the 15th of this month upon which the indictments were issued. A letter from director of McMinn County Schools, Lee Parkinson was also served which banned her from school property or any school activities. She turned herself in at the McMinn County Justice Center 
after the indictment came down Tuesday. She later posted a $100,000 bond and will appear in court on the 28th. She should not have received a bond, by the way, okay? Let me make this very clear. The judge did not have to give her a bond because of the extreme nature of these charges and how many victims are alleged. The judge did not have to give her a bond of any sort. A mother confirmed with WTBC that her son was provided with items in exchange for the illicit encounters. People focus mostly on the perpetrator. They don't realize how it devastates a family, she added. How the families are at home and we don't know what to do next. I have no idea how to go forward with this. Let's put a picture of the monster up again, who is alleged to perpetrate these crimes. Christy Teague is an Inglewood resident and a mother at the high school. She told the news that she feels for the families that have been affected. She said, and I quote, my heart just hurts for them because I mean, I would be livid if it happened to my kids, okay? Now, I wanna remind everyone, we've covered multiple stories like this on Indisputable. Typically, they remain local. Not a lot of national attention, not a lot of national coverage. But I can tell you, this is starting to happen more and more, or at least it is exposed more and more. Now, are they creating policies? Are new laws being championed in order to disrupt this extreme criminality against our children? Are Republicans saying this is the great evil against our children? No. They're still telling you that critical race theory is the worst thing inside of K through 12 education, which is not even taught in K through 12 education. You see, they refuse to acknowledge real challenges in education, period. Now, here's the reality. They are framing the debate. Here's what that means. While getting us to defend the fact that critical race theory is not even taught in K through 12 education, they have already framed the debate to where the debate centers around their policy and their narrative, even if we oppose it. Even if we oppose their narrative, the entire debate is framed based on their proclamation. What does that do? That then dissuades and takes focus away from the real challenges of education in the public school system. Jackson, what are your thoughts here? So first, you know, I'm really curious as to what type of a vetting process um, you know, the school district had um, for her to get this job because someone who engages in behavior like that likely would have shown some type of pattern throughout their life that may have been disruptive in some type of way. Because when you see stuff like this, you know, um, it's easy to glance over, but it, you know, really kind of reveals how complex people really are emotionally, how different types of experiences that people may have had growing up cause us to interact with people in different ways because this wasn't about sex, you know. Woman really all she got all a woman really got to do to get sex if she really wanted to step outside and somebody would be willing. So you know, so she's doing this more as a power trip. It's not about sex at all. Um, and so there's definitely had to be something in her in her past that could have been, you know, brought up, but I think that this really shows the need to have stronger vetting. You know, with people who are going to be working with with minors, because yeah. these types of things can scar people for life, and perhaps stuff like this happened to her when she was of similar age as well. Well, yeah, and now she's an adult and she's a pedophile and she is to blame. 
Um, yeah. But I will say this about the vetting process. What gave her an end here, Jackson, was the fact that she is in fact a parent. And we some sometimes in education, uh, we give significant leeway when it relates to parents. But the reality is some parents can be more detrimental uh, than a person who's not a parent in that same community. And you see this case in point right here. All right, Senator Tim Scott has hinted that he could be the next vice presidential hopeful candidate on a Donald Trump ticket. Here's the video. Senator, you said that President Trump is still the power in the party. Does that mean you would be willing to join his ticket? Are you going to run in 2024 or would you be open to a vice presidential role in a Trump ticket? Well, I think everybody wants to be on, on, on President Trump's bandwagon, no, without any question. One of the things I've said to the president is that he gets to decide the future of our party and our country because he is still the loudest voice. What I, what I hope happens is that we rally around the principles that lead to our greatest success. Uh, I, am, I am not looking for a seat on a, a ticket at this point. I am, however, looking to be reelected in South Carolina. So my hope is that you win next Friday's football game before thinking about any other one. So that's my primary responsibility. We have exclusive footage of Republicans reacting to this news. Here it is. <laughs> and we also have evidence that this is in fact already in the works. There is campaign literature being passed around right now for vetting. Here's the campaign lit. Trump Scott. <laughs> Jackson, I know I'm making light of it, but here's the reality, brother. Scott is just as dangerous in policy as Trump is. And we have seen him eliminate good faith efforts to negotiate for things like voting rights in America, the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act. And the game they play with Senator Scott is they, they make him the token Negro to negotiate on behalf of the Republicans and say he's doing it in good faith. And then at the end of the negotiation, he does something after agreeing to the sentiment of the bipartisan committee. He does something at the end to unravel the entire thing. So this is his accepted role in the Republican Party. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. I mean, it wasn't long ago when he, you know, came out and was talking about how America's not a racist country. And right. I'm saying this, so it's gotta be true because it's me saying it. You know, so you know, just that and obviously this. But at the end of the day, you know, the reality is in terms of just his political career, one, you're absolutely correct that someone like Tim Scott, in fact, will be even more uh, of a threat than Donald Trump because he knows the system better. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, better temperament, all those things. But also at the end of the day, Tim Scott really doesn't need to do this because it wouldn't boost turnout really at all. Republican turnout is always high, it's always gonna be high. And Democrats nor the black community are gonna make some type of a mass exodus to the Republican Party just because Tim Scott will be running. So it could be a benefit for him personally in his career if he wants to take that office. But 
you know, people typically don't become vice president and then go back to the Senate. You know, so he he would just have to see more data. But I, I definitely think that it's something that he might do. Yeah. All right. Let me take you to this video of a, of a teen being choked out by the police. Here it is. This has caused the police chief to apologize directly to the family. That is a 16 year old black girl. All right, let me give you some background to this insanity. On Friday, February 11th, the Rialto Police Department reports the teenager was stopped around 4:10 p.m. in the afternoon for riding an illegal street pocket bike and traveling at an unsafe speed. So I need you to understand the pretext to their interaction, okay? This was near the intersection of Linden and Pinedale Avenues, all right? The girl was riding a motor vehicle called a pocket bike in a residential community where it is not legal to ride on the street in California, according to bikehike.org. States like California and Texas consider the operation of pocket bikes and or many motorcycles illegal on all public streets, sidewalks and trails. The Rialto officer was caught on camera after placing his hand on the 16 year old's neck and forcefully spinning her to the ground while trying to detain her for illegally riding a mini motor vehicle. The girl was arrested on suspicion of resisting an officer by use of force. That's what they arrested her for. And taken to a juvenile detention center where she was kept for almost four days. Her representatives say as a result of the incident, she has sustained shoulder, neck and back injuries. I'm sure she did. Some reports say the girl suffered a concussion and the extent of the injuries have not been fully determined. However, the issue at hand for the child's parents is not whether she was right or wrong. But that the officers use what they consider force on a minor. The girl's family is calling for the officer to be fired. In a statement released Tuesday on the 15th, Rialto Police Chief Mark Kling said he has personally viewed the body cam footage and is reviewing the officer actions in this case. He continued to say, although the video depicts the juvenile resisting officers, we are investigating the officer's decision to trip the juvenile to the ground and later placing his hand on the juvenile's throat. During the arrest. Now, I want to remind everyone that the APA, the American Psychological Association, they have released survey after survey, data point after data point that shows white Americans typically look at young black children as adults and children of the same age. If they are white, they are looked at as children. So I want you to remember that. That also goes for those in policing, okay? He offered an apology to the family being the chief. He said, and I quote, we apologize to the juvenile's family regarding these unfortunate circumstances. At a time when our police department strives to build community relationships, 
we certainly fell short in this encounter. We look forward to building rapport with this family now and in the future. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen here, okay? The police chief has apologized, right? Police chief says, listen, I am sorry, we fell short. We did not do what we should have done. I'm reviewing the evidence, but this is not about if the juvenile was wrong. This is about my officer's reaction to the juvenile. And even with all of that, right? You will still have people after we put this on social media, people will still say she should have just complied. That she was wrong, that is her fault this happened to her, the child, right? And the same people who will say that and spin it to somehow create immunity for the officer's unprofessional behavior are also the people who would never comply to wear a mask. Who will fight others when there's a mask mandate inside of a restaurant. While the officer has not been fired, the chief said that he has been placed on leave. The officer whose identity is being withheld due to ongoing investigations has been placed on paid administrative leave, which is appropriate under these circumstances. Let's put up a picture of the chief since they have not released a picture of the officer. That's the chief, his name is Mark, all right? The chief also said that he has called for an independent investigation by the San Bernardino County DA's office, the Bureau of Investigations unit to determine if the officer's use of force options were lawful. Her family has secured an attorney. Now, before I get to this part, I wanna remind you of the words that the chief said. The chief said he has called in the district attorney's office to examine if the officer's conduct was lawful. Now we're getting into this arena of Lawful means right, don't fall for that narrative. What is technically legal does not mean it is morally correct. Don't fall for the narrative or the framing of the narrative that they would like to present to you. Everything that is legal is not right and everything that is illegal is not wrong. That's the reality of the world. Make sure you are above the fray in this conversation. The teen allegedly said something that unhinged the officer according to the report, the attorney who claims Uh, He arrested her to put her in an attitude check, which is uh, what the narrative is obviously from the family and the family's attorney, okay? Harper stated further, the young lady was in fear of her life and may have attempted to bite the officer saying, quote, she thought she was going to die. You have two grown men throwing around a 90 pound girl. It's their job to deescalate those situations. These two officers are adults in the room. It wasn't a pretty moment to begin with and then it turned into a nightmare. I wanna remind you, what was this about? It was about a nonviolent traffic offense for a juvenile. And here's the, here's the reality of it. In their district, they are not allowed to arrest juveniles for traffic offenses. They cannot put you in jail for a road violation. They can give you a ticket, they have to send you to your parents, but they can't put you inside of a jail for it, or at least that's not the practice. So in the charge, They don't even cite the illegal motor vehicle or the operation of a mini motor vehicle. They only cite the use of force according to them to resist arrest. Jackson thoughts here. First of all, you know, I think that it's really important that, you know, platforms like this and as many others as possible continue to put footage out like this because it really does happen very commonly, but also 
you know, as you pointed out, uh, people who will look at these videos and they'll say, well, she should have complied. That happens because within a lot of most of those people with those opinions communities, these types of things don't happen. Police do come around, they have friendly relationships with them. And so many of those officers from those communities also work in communities that they didn't grow up in. And so there's that tension. And so they think that when they see stuff like this, they think, oh, well, they must have done something wrong because this doesn't happen in my backyard. And so, you know, that's really where that line of thinking comes from. But again, for just a kid riding around uh, on a motor vehicle like that, you know, for you to end up slamming them around, you heard how he was speaking to her, like, you trying to fight me, you trying to fight me, like he's really trying to put her in her place and show her. And again, that's just that 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 type of weakness and 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 that type of lack of character and self-control just simply doesn't belong in law enforcement, but it gets hired every single day. Yep, every so. single day. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? I This male Karen decided to get folded up in front of his children and wife because he refused to wear a mask. They were wearing a mask. The rules of this resort were simple. You get on the ski lift, you have to put on your mask. He decided to let his family do so and he chose not to. Now the irony here is staggering. Here's the irony. Do you see how much attire everyone has on? I mean, really under normal circumstances, you are probably going to cover your face anyway, okay? So he has on gloves, 
He has on layers. He has on a skull cap. He has winter gear on, probably has a scarf somewhere. And you mean to tell me that you'd rather fight five individuals violate the facility rule because you don't want to put on a thin mask per their public health policy. Fascinating. Jackson thoughts here. Yeah, exactly. You know, anybody who had to, you know, take a walk if they lived in a cold place, you know, throughout 2021 and last year, you know, those masks keep your face warm. Yeah. But the funny thing about this too is, you know, just you know, he let his family wear it, but he wasn't gonna do it because he's the man. But then really he just ended up making a fool of himself while trying to make himself look like a macho because he just wouldn't give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I made it this far, I can't stop now. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he just he just had to keep on going. And what was the end goal, Jackson? Because literally, if he puts his body in the ski lift, they're not going to push the button. Exactly. He's not going anywhere. Right, he gonna, he gonna make him go somewhere. But again, he didn't know. He just thought things were gonna work out his way. And instead of being like, all right, I'll put a mask on. He was like, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that's all it was. That's Insane. That's all right, this is a segment I'm going to call consequences and repercussions. Let this be a public service announcement to everyone. Now, I'm taking this story out of 2021 because it highlights a right now dynamic. And this person is the poster child, in my opinion, for consequences and repercussions. If you are going to be bold as a racist in America, if you are going to be proud of your racism, expect there to be a consequence. Here's the video. I pay a thousand dollars a month here. You can't. You you, you make a thousand dollars a two months. You. How you know that? You're a dumb black yeah. bitch. You. What's your name? Yeah, and I'm racist, and I'm a racist. Look. I got an AK-47 right now in my goddamn car. I'll blow your head off. Well, his name, ladies and gentlemen, let's put up his picture, James Rhodes. Let's put up Mr. Rhodes, okay? Yeah, that's him. Miss Larkins was recording, this actually happened back in 2021. Let's keep his picture up. He is from Ohio. Rhodes was charged with ethnic intimidation because they have that law there. A fifth degree felony, an aggravated menacing, a first degree misdemeanor. He pleaded not guilty during his arraignment. From the reporting at the time, here's what it says during the reporting in 2021. Rose was arrested April 27th in connection with the incident. He had been charged with ethnic ethnic intimidation, a fifth degree felony, an aggravated menacing, a first degree misdemeanor. He had also been asked to leave the apartment complex where the incident occurred. He was evicted. The Whiteham Ridge Apartments 
had added that they were committed to creating a safe, secure and inclusive environment and that they take further steps to resolve the situation. Rose attempted to justify his actions. Let's put up his picture again. I mean, the guy has a face only a mother could almost love. That's what racism does to you. You know, he's 35. <laughs> I don't know what his age is. <laughs> uh, he looks horrible. Uh, Rose attempted to justify his actions, <laughs> according to the police. And uh, the disgruntled man said that he let his anger get the best of him and was only slightly remorseful. Let me say that again. He said he was only slightly remorseful about what happened. Rose also claimed that he did not actually own any weapons, all right? Uh, Ms. Larkin says that she uh, has not worked at a DoorDash since this happened because now she's afraid. Remember, she's working, she's delivering for DoorDash. She questions what black people did to this man, this particular man to cause so much hatred. Um, existing, that's what black people did. For racist people, you don't have to do anything to them, you just exist. They're racist, that's how it works. Uh, Locke has also said the incident made her fearful for her son's future. She said, and I quote, I'm scared what my son may have to go through when he does grow up. What he won't be able to do. Well, let me say this to you, Ms. Larkins. Make sure you continue to give your son love and encouragement, yes, protection and wise counsel. We will continue to expose racist people. Now this racist individual lost his apartment, was evicted, was arrested and is being prosecuted. Likely lost his job if he had one. Remember, as a public service announcement, I'm telling all those would be racist. You may wanna keep it at home because if you bring it here, I got something for your ass. Jackson, thoughts? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, that was definitely the angriest looking person I've ever seen in my yeah. life, period. It's kind of like, you know, what the dark side did to, to right. the city. And, he, and you gotta remember, Jackson, <laughs> he posed for that picture. Right, he was like, like he I'm took ready. that picture. Right. <laughs> like he was ready, you know what I'm saying? But no, yeah, but a guy like him, you know, he definitely is a danger uh, to, to public safety. I mean, he walking around with that much anger. That much malice, you know, sooner or later something's gonna come from that. So he definitely got what he deserved. And um, you know, maybe I don't know, but I don't I don't know what to say he needs. <laughs> he needs a lot. He needs a lot. Yeah, and at some point, you know, I believe that there's a level of extreme racism. You really can't help those folks. I believe yeah. racism exists on the spectrum. I think there are some people that, are, that can actually be helped. There are some people that can see their implicit bias, their unconscious bias. There are some people who were born and indoctrinated to believe that racism is an appropriate way to look at the world. But then there are people like him who engage in hyper aggressive racism. Well, for, for those people, they're typically a lost cause in my opinion. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable. We got a lot of comments, let's get to it. All right, TYT member Craig Craig Souffle says, all this in front of his kids, so damn sad. Just wear your mask if you love them. Yeah, uh, or just don't get on the ride and ruin, don't get on the ski lift and ruin their day, right? Be that guy. Not Dweezil, aka Tailwagon Dragon, he, he's now on the no ride chair lift list. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is one. <laughs> Um, Rose Rosie, all this drama over a mask, over a mask. Yep. 
Robin's Egg says, Karen's mad that he missed his turn at the Olympics. <laughs> Should have been me at those winning games. All right, um, Ricardo Chucky, uh, he looked like the character that would die, that would die first in any horror movie. <laughs> yeah, man, that has the very crazy picture. Um, Decident PM, never go full freedom, freedom, never go full freedom. Yeah. All right, and Jax Drax says he proves that the ugliness of racism affects a person inside and out. It does. Okay, it's Black History Month, the month where we are supposed to celebrate black legacy. Not just historical, but also current and future, the opportunities that may exist. That was the original design of Black History Week that later became Black History Month. But this month also brings out racists and bigots, individuals who would like to uplift America's racist past and say that somehow black people should be connected and celebrated through the Confederate. Here's some of it. For um, February, I would like to talk about uh, Black uh, History Month. In honor of Black History Month, I will be speaking about Confederate, Black Confederate history of this uh, Confederate boy. He was 14 years old. His name was Hulk, Hulk uh, Lawyer. Hulk Lawyer? Hulk Lawyer? I think he's talking about Holt Collier, okay? Uh, this is in Clark County, the Clark County School Board. There's more. There's a picture of him. He joined the Confederacy under his general uh, vines as a free, free 14-year-old boy. And wrong again, he was enslaved, um, spent the entire war, forced to be a servant or terrorist, as I would say. Um, uh, under Lieutenant Tom Hines, there's more. And just to let you guys know that uh, state requirements uh, is CCSD has to teach uh, on Civil War and Reconstruction age. Hulk Lawyer died in 1936, he lived through Reconstruction. And that many point of views, if you guys talk about diversity, why don't you talk about Hulk Lawyer and his point of view? Because he died proudly a Confederate. Damn it, his name is Hulk Collier, not Hulk Lawyer. Get his name right. Y'all already got the history wrong. And he did not die a proud Confederate. He died a formerly enslaved man who was forced as a slave, called a camp slave, to commit acts of terrorism. That's what happened. And I hope that the teachers who are teaching this by way of policy and mandate in Clark County are teaching the true history, not this guy's version of it. Now, there is one Hulk lawyer. That's the only one I know of. She Hulk. Jackson, this happens often, maybe not as pronounced as how he's doing it, but this is a sentiment with many bigots in America who would like to say things like, no, 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 no. The Confederate war was not about slavery, it was about states rights, right? 
where, where we wanted power to rest with the states. That's good for everybody, including black people. No hell, it wasn't good for black people because the one state right that you gave a damn about was the right to retain and maintain the industry of slavery. And they went. They cared so much about maintaining the industry of slavery, which really is just you know antique automation. That's really right, what slavery right. is. You don't got to pay people. They cared about it so much that they went to war for it. And they often say that well, slavery was kind of on its way out because of technology. No, slavery ended because the Union won the war. That's why slavery came to an end. And the reality is, is that people, you know, slaves who did fight in the Confederacy, either they were forced to, and any type of freedom they were guaranteed was on the other side, and just for them, because they paint the picture like, you know, see, even blacks were down with the Confederacy. You know, like we're totally down with being slaves. We're totally down with just working for 23 hours a day and you know, if you want to rip my family apart, because that that it's good for us, it, it's better for us. But you know, again, I mean, this guy can't even talk about real historic figures, which just goes to show that the lost cause was always just that. Right, exactly. Okay, Proud Boys, uh, they have significant connections to white supremacists. They attack journalists. Here's the video. What's up? What's up? Uh, What's up? Are you? Is a death or something? Or what? Damn. This happened in Sacramento, California. There was a time in this country where politicians across the political aisle would have universally condemned the actions that you just saw. They will not. Republicans, conservatives in particular will not condemn those actions because they are afraid of their own base because those people are part of their voting base. There's a reason. There's a reason why virtually 100% of members of the Klan vote Republican and support Donald Trump. There's a reason, it's not by happenstance. Let me give you some background to this. These journalists were from the Black Zebra Impact Team, which is part of Black Zebra Productions. And the attack was completely 100% unprovoked. And for whatever reason, a proud boy needs to say something awful. He called the man in the video homophobic slurs. During this attack, there's a Facebook statement from the organization Black Zebra Impact. It was posted yesterday and it reads The BZ Impact team was sent multiple messages by community members of Proud Boys gathering at the Salmon Falls pedestrian bridge over the I 50 freeway. BZIT had also received multiple reports of Proud Boys dropping banners across Sacramento these past few weeks and went to investigate. Let me tell you why this is important. Because what we found at Indisputable 
is that when these things start happening, typically the local media does not report on it. And if you don't have groups like this reporting on it, we never know outside of that locality what's really happening. We have to find news from alternative sources in order to verify when these things are posted or when we are tagged. Because typically the local media would choose not to get involved. <laughs> why? <clears throat> Excuse me, why? Because they are also looking for consumers of their content who are racist. They don't want to get involved in the controversy. They don't want to offend those on the other side. Upon arriving, according to the report, upon arriving, we saw American flags, yellow, don't tread on me flags, and a banner that read, we'll have our home again. Proud boys were dressed in their yellow and black PB gear and various weapons. They were organized with people at both ends of the bridge acting as security with walkie talkies and earpieces and people driving around the surrounding area. You know, those sound like thugs to me. Those are criminals, they operate as a gang. However, they are not treated like one. As soon as BZT members approached, BZIT members approached, one proud boy started hitting us with a four foot pole. An individual who was attacked our members repeatedly during the stop the steal protest as the others closed in. As we tried to escape, we were blocked and tripped by other masked up members of their gang. We were chased and repeatedly hit from behind as we tried to leave. Many of them were actually injured. Now, I need to highlight this because it's important for the story here. Did you see any of those proud boys being anti-mask? This is an important point. They will mask up in order to do criminal violence against other Americans, but refuse to put on a mask and respect a facility mandate for a private company. They tell you that they are anti-mask or anti-mask mandates. But every time we see one of these criminal assaults being done by a proud boy, they typically have their faces covered. And I've always wondered why people that have no issue with wearing hoods, but all of a sudden have an issue with putting on a mask. Well, they have their de facto hoods now. These cowards are covering their faces. Jackson thoughts. Yeah, this is actually something that I comment on uh, all the time on Rebel HQ about. And you, you know, when your opening statement on this is how the Republican Party really has cornered itself such that they can't really navigate outside of the extreme right rhetoric and just approach that they have. On top of the fact that their base really is to a point where, you know, when Trump you know, started talking about, you know, maybe you should get the vaccine, he got booed and people really didn't like it. So their base really is in a place where they can't really change anytime soon. And the only way the Republican Party can continue to win elections is if they keep that base happy. So yeah. we're going to continue to see this type of um, you know, behavior from not just the Proud Boys, but from the right in general, especially as we get closer to the 2024 elections when President Donald Trump, if he's not behind bars, will certainly be running. Well said, very well said. There's an attorney general, a deputy attorney general former, 
who has said, yeah, Donald Trump is going to get indicted. Let me give you some background to this. Let's put up a picture of the former deputy AG. The former deputy attorney general, Harry Lippman, estimated that former president Donald Trump will likely be forced into a deposition in about 30 days. That takes into account Trump trying to get the Supreme Court to rescue him, which Littman says really is not possible. Discussing the New York civil case, Littman explained that past playbooks by Trump don't appear to be working as he works to escape accountability for his company. Now I want to remind you there's a civil, then there's a criminal. Manhattan has the criminal and New York has the civil. However, that civil can transform into a criminal. Uh, and it is likely to do so depending on what they get on the record. He has 21 days to sit for the deposition. That's what Lippman told MSNBC. And 14 days for him and Don Jr. and Ivanka to turn over documents, all right? He can't appeal, but he has no real legal claim. I think the New York court will make very quick of it, even if he tries the Supreme Court. It will make quick work of it. In the past, he's been able to exploit Congress's short timeline and sort of play out the clock. I don't think he has it here, according to Littman. Within 30 days or so, he's looking at sitting down to a closed deposition. As you say, now of course, he has a silver bullet. He can take the Fifth Amendment, and I think he probably will, according to the former AG. But it's a body blow for him, of course, and a made to order sort of commercial. Since he said that only guilty people take the fifth. Now remember, he went on record and said only guilty people plead the fifth amendment, which is your right against self-incrimination. That's what Donald Trump said. Now here's what's interesting about civil versus criminal. In a civil deposition, well, you are allowed to take the fifth. That could actually be used against you later. It's different than the criminal. This can be used against him. And it can really hurt him in the actual civil trial that the AG of New York may be doing. They can draw an adverse inference and say to the jury, you can assume what he would have said had he not taken the fifth, which would have been bad for him. These are all new sets of development. His old playbook doesn't fit according to the former deputy AG. Trump, here's a piece of irony here. Trump recently pitched the Saudis to host a golf tournament at one of his properties, okay? A former president trying to get money from the Saudis, but using a golf tournament as the disguise to do so, I peep game. Now there's a why to all of this. Trump's accounting firm left him last week, all right? There are legal problems mounting from the inauguration committee. They spent that money in all kinds of illegal ways. And Trump lost an appeal to dodge a subpoena in New York. Meanwhile, on the business side, Trump has roughly $600 million of debt coming due in the next few years. That will cause problems as he looks for banks that can loan him money for new projects and even his own legal defense. It might be another reason why he's reaching out to the Saudis because he will be forced to ask privately for money in the future. An important note again, 
in a civil court taking the fifth can be put in front of a jury as admissible. And it doesn't look good in the civil case. And he has the criminal case still to contend with. I know it seems that we have been here before. But I think Donald Trump is running out of his nine lives here. Jackson thoughts on this. I think that well, first uh, last month, the Attorney General of New York she released a statement, and um, in the end, she said, um, you know, nobody can pick and choose when the law applies to them on Donald Trump. And as you pointed out, this really is a totally different game at this point because everything that he's done over the decades is really coming to fruition now. And um, you know, now that he's not in office, he's really going to start scrambling. And I think something's going to come from this. I'm not ready to say that Trump will definitely go behind bars, but I think. Couple people might, somebody's gonna get thrown under the bus in some type of way. Um, so um, I think that this is gonna continue to get more interesting. Yeah, and I think at some point his children are going to have to make a decision, uh, and maybe even Trump himself. Are they going to turn on each other as a family or not? All right, Jackson, always a pleasure, brother. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Oh yeah, always a pleasure to be here. I'm on Rebel HQ, check me out Monday through Friday. I just do breakdowns, commentary on what's going on. And actually on Wednesday, I'll be on with JR on the watch list. And on Friday, I'll be on the power panel on hour two with Shank and JR. So check me out more this week with TYT and Monday through Friday. And you know, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. It's definitely looking forward to next time. Always great having you on the show and it is an honor to have you part of the team. Also, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.